It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Media Day is coming up on Monday. We're going to talk more about that about that in the upcoming Magic season that on, on Monday's episode, but today we're going to talk a little bit about expectations, what kind of the philosophical goals of the season are, and one big thing that could determine a successful season for the Orlando Magic. It's time for a Friday edition of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Indeed, Locked On Magic. Today is September 23rd, 2022. My name is Philip Rossmanreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to go over some of the kind of philosophical goals for the Orlando Magic this season. What leveling up actually means. I know we've talked a little bit about that, but it feels like it's a good time to rehash that. Plus, who is the leader of this squad and what could actually determine success or failure for the Orlando Magic this coming season? We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So you'll you'll notice this over the next 
few weeks, um, as we get through training camp, we're going to spend a lot of time dissecting coachisms. I love coachisms. We talk to the coaches twenty thousand times a day um, over the course of a, over the course of a season. Um, we start to hear similar phrasings and similar words. And you know, one thing that I like to do is is, is I try to at least speak to the coach or or come to the coach in that coach's language. You know, at the, at the end of the day, if I'm going to ask intelligent questions, I have to know the proper framework that the coaching staff is evaluate, evaluating their players. And so throughout this offseason, there's been one phrase that has been really rattling around that has been the clear kind of kind of guiding principle for this Magic team. Jamal Mosley said it at the end of the season last year after the Magic beat the Miami Heat in kind of his closing remarks of the season. It's time to level up. It's time to level up. That is... The statement. That is the mission statement. That is the goal for the team. Now, what's great about saying it this way is that, of course, there are so many layers to what it means to level up. There are so many layers to the whole process, to this whole thing that Jamal Mosley is is pushing on, on the team. So what does it actually mean? On first glance, the, the, the definition is, is sort of obvious. It's get better, improve on 22 wins. Like, no one should be sad. Uh, the vibes as Orlando as Orlando left the season last year were certainly very, very good. But Orlando doesn't want to be that team. Uh, Orlando doesn't want to be a 22-win team. They want to do much more. And so, yes, the first place to start is to say, be better. Be a better team. The next place, of course, is to say that, okay, level up means individually. Get better. uh, Improve as players. Improve on the court. Improve your on-court activity. And and that's an obvious one, too. No getting around it. Being better on the court means you're going to be a better team. It it all adds up to have individual improvement, leads to team improvement, and so on and so on and so on. But over the course of the offseason, Jamal Mosley has further expanded what this means definitionally, what what this actually means to him. And so it starts that, yes, improving individually, improving as a team, but it moves on and it continues to being more detail-oriented, understanding what it's going to take to win, understanding the nitty-gritty, the day-to-day, the game-to-game, the minute-to-minute, the possession-by-possession, things that are necessary to win. It's a young team. They're going to make mistakes. But it's not just about that. It's about learning from those mistakes, not repeating those mistakes. Overall, it's really a call to be more mature. To you know, Not that the team doesn't take their job seriously or take their improvement seriously, but to understand that winning is a serious game. That winning is not just uh, uh, about scoring more than, than the opponent, although it certainly is, it's about doing the right things over and over again. You hear me say this all the time. We're going to go through oh, go through my own coachisms. The regular season is a marathon. The regular season is doing the same thing over and over again and doing it well. Another phrase Mosley has taken to saying, especially uh, over the, uh, as we've gotten closer to the season, has been to dominate the simple. No one here is expecting the Orlando Magic to suddenly be championship contenders. Nobody here 
as expecting the Orlando Magic to suddenly be the best team in the league. They're not going to put those kinds of expectations on themselves. They know this is still a learning process. As Jamal Mosley has also said, we're not cutting corners, which is fair. The Magic shouldn't be cutting corners. They should be into the nitty. They should be into the details of the process of getting better, of taking it every single day. Um, you know, again, if they do that enough times, they will be good. And so, dominating the simple might very well mean getting back in transition, limiting fast break points. It might very simply mean dominating the offensive glass, making sure that making sure you're not giving up second chance opportunities, limiting your own turnovers, limiting your own mistakes, the things that you can control. Maybe not even the tactical things, just the simple, simple, simple things. And that may very well be what is on the table for the Magic this season. I think that this is a, a good message to send. And, and, and again, I think I think this is a great way to begin to evaluate this team. To say, this is who they are, and this is what they're going to have to do to be successful. And, and, and the players that struggle with this concept are probably the players who don't necessarily fit, or fit in the long term. It is obviously... Obviously not the clearest thing. I can't, I can't point to a specific thing to say this is the way to do it or, 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 or anything like that. But it is an overarching message, an overarching theme for the team. And that is the mission. That is the mission for this Magic team as we get ready for training camp where they're going to be asked to dominate the simple, to get better every day, to level up. Before we even get to games, that evaluation is already beginning because this season, no one's going to say that this season's about wins and losses because this season is not yet about wins and losses. It's still about figuring out what the team has and what its future is going to be. What are they building toward? You know, again, you will hear my coachisms, you will hear my idioms, my phrasings, and my sayings, including one I'm going to talk about in a moment, but this is really about figuring out the picture on the puzzle box and figuring out if you have the pieces to make that picture work. And it starts always with the simple. Dominating the simple with getting better. And that is the Magic's mission statement this year. I mentioned that I have one coach coachism or coach saying that, that I use a lot. I'm going to debunk it a little bit. Talk about, you know, if we're talking about results, if we're talking about the basics, one area where the Magic do have to get a lot better and is going to be the biggest sign of their leveling up. We're going to talk about it coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word for our pals at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season, as well as basketball season coming up. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information, with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Whether it's baseball, whether it's football, whether it's MMA, boxing, and even golf. The President's Cup's going on. U.S. up, up big early. Let's see if they can hang on to that. Plus, they've got over-under odds for Paolo Bancaro's rookie stat line, as well as rookie of the year odds, too. So you can get all those numbers, all that action, over at BetOnline. So head to BetOnline.net and, or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where... The game starts. This is Jake from Locked On. 
Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know, it's I have a I have a saying. Um, you know, A, I have two sayings that that, that I want to kind of talk about here and, 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 and debunk a little bit. The first is it is a 48-minute game. Um Steve Clifford would say this a lot. I tend to agree with him on this point. Games aren't, in my opinion, won or lost in the first quarter, like Cliff like Coach Cliff would always say. Um, but it is a 48-minute game. It is a long game. And to me, the first minute is just as important as the final minute of play. A lot of fans, a lot of casual fans, again, you know, a lot of casual fans will say, clutch time is winning time. And there's something to that. Um, you know, I don't buy into clutch stats. I don't harangue players for making mistakes in clutch moments. Because the other 46 minutes or the other 43 minutes, however you want to devise what clutch means, are just as important. A mistake made in the first quarter is just as critical as one in the fourth quarter. That is that is my philosophy. That is my belief. But I can't deny how important clutch play can be, especially for a team at the Magic's level. I have another coachism that I like to say a lot. Good teams don't win close games, they avoid them. Because close games are essentially 50-50 shots. The, the, the wild swings that teams can have from one year to the next in close games is pretty big. And, you know, you talk about dominating the simple, you talk about uh, about finding, finding something that you can dominate. Close games are very difficult to dominate. You know, yes, elite teams do better in these games. Last year, the Phoenix Suns were 33-9 and in game in, in clutch games, games that were within five points in the final five minutes. That is incredible. That is not replicable, even, if, even with how good the Suns are. There's just going to be some bad luck in there. Things are going to happen that will prevent them from doing that. The reality is, though, for a team like the Orlando Magic, clutch performance, clutch play, is the difference between a 25-win season, and a 35-win season, or maybe even a play-in tournament spot. The reality is the Magic are a team that needs to get as many wins as possible, and so giving away losses, giving away losses in close games can become a major storyline. 
You look at the Magic last year. The Magic were not a great team in the clutch. Probably better than you think, but uh, were not so great. The Magic were 13-20 and 20 in clutch situations, which, considering they were 22-in team, says two things. One, they were not winning a lot of games by blowouts. They only had nine wins that were not clutch situations. And two, you know, they held their own, but also that they had 33 games in clutch situations. Nine of those were win. That's 42. The other half of the season, they were getting blown out. So again, you talk about what Jamal Mosley says when he means leveling up. He also means competing more regularly, putting yourself in a position to win games, not knocking yourself out in the second or third quarters to where you're climbing too far uphill or you don't have a chance to win. If the Magic this season get 20 clutch wins again uh, or get 13 clutch wins again, but they're 13 and, you know, let's, let's give them 10 more. That is a sign of progress. 13 and 30, that would be not good, and, and, and we'd have to ask some questions, but that would be leveling up in, in, in a way and, and, and putting themselves back in a position to win. But already you could see how winning more clutch games changes everything. Let's flip the Magic's record. Let's say instead of 13 and 20, they're 20 and 13. All of a sudden you're looking at, what, a 29-win season for this Magic team? And especially if you're in playoff contention, that can be a huge difference. Some interesting stats, some interesting figures from last season for you. Of the top 10 teams with the most clutch wins last year, eight made the playoffs. One of those that did not was the LA Clippers. They reached a play-in tournament. And the other that missed the playoffs from that group was the Washington Wizards. Among the bottom 10 teams in clutch wins, only three made the playoffs. The Boston Celtics, New Orleans Pelicans, and Utah Jazz. So obviously, there is a little bit of a correlation there that winning clutch games puts you in a better spot to be in the playoffs, a better spot to compete for the playoffs. Now, whether that helps you advance in the playoffs, whether that helps you um, actually win when you get there, it, I, I would say that that is a little bit up in the air. But the point of what I'm trying to argue here is that if the Magic are interested in playing meaningful basketball and taking that step up and leveling up, it's not just going to take playing more clutch games. It's going to take winning more clutch games. Their 13 clutch wins were surprised, were not the worst in the league by any means. They were, I think, 26th in the league in clutch wins. So uh, played a little bit above where they actually finished in the standings when they could actually get give themselves a chance to win. And obviously there were some great moments last year where there's R.J. Hampton and Cole Anthony finishing off the Utah Jazz in November. Jalen Suggs' run against the New York Knicks, uh, I believe that was also in November. Franz Wagner's step-back three against the Denver Nuggets in December. The Wendell Carter bullying the Oklahoma City Thunder late late in the season. Uh, Franz Wagner's put-back, you know, kind of put-back dunk, to, to, or the, the dunk off the inbounds that kind of iced the game against the Golden State Warriors. Every season will have great clutch moments, no matter what, you know, Cole will probably point to the shot he missed against the Houston Rockets in December as a moment that he left one on the board and 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 again gave them gave them a chance. But the point at that that point juncture was to give yourself a chance to win. The difference really can be stark. The difference between a, a good seed in the playoffs or just making the playoffs entirely is your clutch performance. Is your is your performance in meaningful situations. 
Statistically, the Magic were minus three points per 100 possessions last year in late-game situations. Again, NBA.com defines clutch situations as a game that is within five points in the final five minutes of the game. Considering how small the time period is, a minus three uh, net rating is fairly significant. Um, But the team was still only slightly below the league median in this number. So again, when the Magic did put themselves in a position to win, with a chance to win... They largely gave themselves a chance. They didn't win all the time, but they 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 saw things to the end. Um, they could they could they could hold their own. Their one hundred one point nine defensive rating in clutch situations was sixth in the league, actually. So their defense late in games, and yes, offenses usually get worse late in games because for God knows whatever reason, teams decide to go to isolation plays, which are the least efficient play in in, in the playbook. But the Magic's defense held its own in, in clutch situations. The Magic obviously struggled to score, and, and and most teams will put their best offensive lineups out in late-game situations, and that's where Orlando struggled. We could get to another question about who actually finishes for the Orlando Magic, who's actually going to be the closer. Cole Anthony was the leading scorer in clutch situations last year. Franz Wagner was a little bit behind him, but was second on that list. A lot of us expect Paolo Bancaro to take over some of the closing roles. We know how clutch Terrence Ross can be. Um, there, there are options. And the Magic's problem this season is probably still going to come on the offensive end. Their defense is probably going to be a lot better than people anticipate. That's what this team wants to be built on. That's what this team wants its identity to be. If they play good defense, they will give themselves a shot. But ultimately, the Magic are probably not going anywhere until they figure out their offensive problems. And Paolo... Hopefully will help, but you know, again, we've yet to see. That's that. There's still a lot. Of, there's still a lot of basketball to play, um, and the Magic do have to uh, look at a lot of different things. So, why am I bringing this up? Because clutch play is very central to this idea that Jamal Mosley has about leveling up. It's extremely central to this idea, in fact. Because Jamal Mosley said leveling up does include competing more. Being in games and giving themselves a chance. Giving themselves a chance to make mistakes where they have to learn what to do with plays when games are on the line. If Orlando's able to succeed, if Orlando's able to get some of these wins, they could bank some extra wins that will make their record look better than perhaps their stats would suggest it would. And the ability to win close games, again, it, it, it's the difference between the play and tournament and the not. It's the difference between an eight seed and a nine seed. It's the difference between a four seed and a five seed in a lot, in a lot of ways. It's a way to boost your game. It's a way to boost your season in a meaningful way. Now, again, no one's expecting Orlando to dramatically improve this year or, 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 or to suddenly be a 50-win team. But go back and look at the 08 Magic, the 2008 Magic, or the 2007 Magic, when they started to put the pieces together, I would bet you their clutch wins increased pretty dramatically to change that that team's fortune and give them the confidence they needed to win the division and eventually become an Eastern Conference power. As much as I like to dismiss clutch stats and dismiss clutch as more important than anything else, the reality is your ability to close games, your ability to win the fourth quarter, your ability to win in winning time, it's a huge factor. It's a huge deal. 
to the success or failure of a season. We're going to come back here and talk a little bit about the last part of leveling up, the ownership over this project. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, one thing, the last thing, though, to, to bring up about this idea of leveling up, this idea that Jamal Mosley's put out, um, is very much ingrained in the culture of this team. Most times when you win 22 games, the last thing you do is bring everybody back. The only significant addition to the team is Paolo Bancaro, all respect to Caleb Houston. Um, but everyone from last year's roster is back. Everyone from last year's roster is returning to this team. And the hope is simply internal development will propel this team forward, that they're not mixing anything up, or that they're not mixing anything new into the into the combinations here. The idea is that this group has enough, that they, they work together to get to, 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 to see the improvement that we're all talking about. But it's about another thing, too. This is a rebuild. And I think you could feel this with Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon, even though they ultimately fell short. This is a rebuild that is very much about the players and their relationships and their relationships to each other and how they've all worked together and how they've all improved um, together. There is certainly a feeling, and I think most magic, most fans would, would sense this too, there is a feeling that this group can get it done together. That this group wants this team to succeed. And obviously, they want this team to succeed, but there is a certain ownership over this rebuild project. The Magic brought back everyone from last year's roster. That is showing a tremendous trust in them to take this rebuild to that next phase, to the next level. Everyone knows the NBA doesn't stay static, and so there, there is that little sprinkling of pressure that they got to get the job done now or they're going to have to break up. They're going to have to start changing some things. Again, that's something that Evan Fournier sensed before they got traded. You know, even I, I think he pretty much said it, like, we've been together now for seven years. We've got to get the job done, and if we don't, they're going to split us up. They're going to move on, as they should. That ownership is really, really important because especially with this group, it is a young group. And I, and I think I mentioned this on an earlier pod, a big message for this team as we enter training camp is accountability. The Magic have given responsibility to this young roster to carry this thing forward. They've given them the belief. They've instilled that belief. They've given them some ownership over the direction this thing goes and said, tell us how to build. 
Go out there and play. Tell us how to build. Tell us how to make this group better. And that also means their leaders have to take take on that role too. If you're going to have ownership over a group, that means the leaders are going to come from inside. And with such a young roster, that is a risk. Gary Harris and Terrence Ross are the only players on this roster older than 25 years old. But Orlando is going to put a lot of leadership responsibility on Markel Fultz as the team's point guard, as someone who's been around the NBA a little bit, who is a calming presence. They're going to put it in Wendell Carter to lead by example, to, to be kind of the Rock's solid person. And if you remember back in January in that win over the Chicago Bulls, they'd given up a lot of big third quarters. Wendell Carter spoke unprompted in that locker room saying, we have to win this third quarter. They didn't end up winning that third quarter, but they ended up maintaining the lead, and that gave them the, the, the runway they needed to win that game. When Wendell Carter speaks, you do feel like the rest of the room listens, that he's a guy that they respect. Cole Anthony is obviously kind of the jitterbug and the energy uh, of the of the team. He's the heartbeat of this team. Um, they go as he goes. There's no bigger cheerleader for everyone else on this roster than Cole Anthony. And the Magic are going to lean on him again to, to be that cheerleader, to keep encouragement, to keep spirits up um, as they continue to, to grow and build. Everyone's going to have a role to play. Everyone's going to have a role in lifting each other up and being leaders in their own spaces, and being leaders when they are called upon to do so. It's not just about the veterans, Gary Harris and Terrence Ross, and certainly one of my uneases about this roster is that lack of veteran leadership. The inconsistency of youth is, you you do always fear that that's going to slow growth down a little bit. And so everyone's going to have a role to play, and it's going to help with the maturity of this team, or this team's going to flounder. This team's going to sink. Because like I said, a big part of what leveling up means is maturity. And yes, these guys can still have fun. I don't mind seeing Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs jumping up and down on the sidelines, you know, even in a blowout loss like like they did in that game. But I don't mind that. They should be young. They should be young. They should have fun. But when it's time to get serious, they have to know to be serious. They have to know how to be serious and they have to know how to put their focus and their energy in the right things at the right moments. And that's going to take some serious leadership. That's going to take some reminding and, and some accountability to each other of what they have to do and what's being asked of them. As far as we know, this group is really tied together and, and they're willing to hold each other accountable in that way. They're willing to step up into those leadership roles. There isn't the seeming... They're, they're, everyone certainly is taking ownership of this team, and, and they want this team to be good. They, they all understand the work that's ahead of them and what they still have to do to, to get there. So it's not a super concern that as the season progresses, we will see if those vibes continue, if that belief remains. And that could be one of the big, big, big storylines of this coming season. It is indeed time to level up. It's time to get ready for the season to begin. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Follow the podcast on, or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out 
Locked On NBA with the top 50 project that is continuing on throughout the week. Which NBA player moves the betting line the most this season? Locked On and the Bet Online Odds Makers present the NBA top 50 most valuable players. Find it on Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Who will lend a deal on Locked On Magic? This is Until the next time for another episode of Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 